The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hello and welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I am your glamorous host this week, Matt Burnspeak, and I am joined down the line as ever by Joe Costanzo. How are we doing, Matt? Hosting for the first time. I know. And uh, his glamorous assistant, back from holiday, Samuel Lewis. I'm excited to see what you do with it. The pressure's on, buddy. Well, much like our own hosting carousel, the coaching carousel in the NFL has hotted up with all the remaining vacancies filled. But before that, we are going to cover a pretty crazy divisional round in the playoffs. A lot to talk about here. And we're going to kick things off by having a look at which of the eliminated teams can be most disappointed with their performances. So obviously uh, the Vikings, Seahawks, uh, Ravens and the Texans were all sent home this week. We're going to take a look at who has the most to be sad about. So which one of you lads would like to start, boys? I can go because I think we're going to know the direction Joe's going to go with it. So I just want to... Let... Yeah, before Joe... Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not going to take it away from him. I'll let him, I'll let him, make him make his depressive point. But it's got to be yeah. it's got to be the Houston Texans, right? You go up into uh, Harrowhead, you go 2-1 up, you kick a field goal, and then it all falls to shit from that point. Pretty you much. Can... Yeah. I mean, the the lead they had right at the start as well. Like, just having the Google alerts on your phone when it says 24-0 Texans, you're just like, what, what? the fuck? Yeah. Absolutely crazy. I completely agree. And I think also what also made it pretty sad from a Hoosen perspective is it seemed to be the same old issues that they've tried to fix yeah. time and time again. And the areas that they've invested in, you know, O-line issues, they picked up Tunsil and the O-line was still terrible. Uh, secondary issues, they go and get Vernon Hargra- Hargreaves and the secondary is still poor. They stick with Bill O'Brien and the coaching decisions aren't there. Yeah, but the thing is, like, even in getting those those pieces on, on their team that were kind of, we all said, like, it's almost like the Texans were, like, building to win this year. Win now. It, win now. and But building... Getting Laramie Tunsil, one O-lineman, doesn't fix your offensive line. Getting Vernon Hargraves doesn't fix your secondary. At the end of the day, like their secondary just got outperformed, in the, especially in those final quarters. I mean, they got away with some lucky special teams in the first quarter, but Houston just decided to remember in, in the second quarter well, that like, their secondary is terrible. It's like, as you say, these little fixes aren't going to make this team into a championship team. Ever since the mm. Texans have been there, they've never been bad since Bill O'Brien has been there, to be fair to him. But the th- issue yeah. is that they've been <laughs> consistently good and they've never been a great team. We've never looked at the Texans yeah, and gone, they've never been good enough. you know what? They've never this, got team over c- this team can win it all this year. And it's addictive. You go that 31-yard field, field goal from fourth and one, uh, do you know what Bill O'Brien said about the game? He didn't have a play that he liked for one yard. Bill O'Brien, one yard. Bill O'Brien he doesn't have a play that he likes. Absolute fucking mess at head coach. I'm mm. sorry, it's it's so true. They've Say been so disappointing. They have like f- consistently throughout the years, and I know they got a playoff win this year. They're their second ever, but Bill O'Brien just seems to hinder this team at every step. Like some mm. of the coaching decisions and the play calling decisions in this game, which is fucking terrible. I don't know. Why you would decide? Uh, it's just annoying. No, you're absolutely right. This, you say the second playoff win, and that was a game that they just about got away with, in which Deshaun Watson was the best, arguably he's played, especially as a runner. And they had to get themselves out of a hole in that one as well. Exactly. He didn't exact. Bill O'Brien didn't masterfully call a great game plan in that one. Deshaun Watson ran around and made 
something out of nothing. And when you look at Bill O'Brien as well, he's one on eight in challenges in 2019, the stat that's basically been pretty consistent throughout his head coaching career. And that's why it's the most disappointing for the Texans, because the thing is they're going to roll into next season with Bill O'Brien. And you see all these fans now clamoring for Bill O'Brien's head and nothing's really going to change next year. They're yeah, not going to the, build the a whole new is... line. They're not going to get a better game plan on offense. It's going to be the exact same thing. Deshaun Watson will put up points and they'll lose the big game. Mm. But the, the the thing of that as well is that Texans like upper management are just going to look at this and go, okay, well, we've won a playoff game this, this season. We've got to progress. the divisional round. Nice progress. When actually, no, you've got the team that could get to the championships to like, you've got the talent on that roster. Honestly, if they had the right coaching, they, they could be really good. Mm. Like it's not like their, their defense is terrible. It's just their secondaries fucking trash they got assisted by four it's not that the defense is terrible it's just that they're half trash <laughs> they're just half trash men it's just it's mm. so weird anyway yeah yeah i mean no, but the, that, that, that exactly, the thing with this game as well is this would arguably the best chance the texans have had over the last few years they're as good as they yeah. have been on offense with the ravens yeah. losing the day before which i'm sure joe's going to get onto in a little bit but this Pat's is the gone. clearest pass they've had to a super bowl that exactly since Bill O'Brien's been there for what five, five or six years now. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree, and uh, it, it is a shame when you look at the pieces they've got on there. And, and you're absolutely right, Joe. That secondary did get burnt deep, and hella let's deep. let's move on swiftly to someone else got burnt. On. Uh, Speaking of being burnt deep, let's and he move did on. get burnt deep. He did. Marlon Humphrey did in fact get burnt deep this game, right? By a receiver that's never caught the ball. For anybody keeping count, the date today is the 13th of January 2020, and Joe has finally admitted that Marlon Humphrey has been burnt deep. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to Joe in the past, he's always said that he's had the capability to get burnt deep, but he just likes to hold them before they get the opportunity. That is little, true. He a loves little a little defensive beforehand. hold. So yeah, Joe, um, tell us. Ravens, how sad are you? I mean, I'm only so sad, honestly, because... I was just so happy with how the Ravens were doing this year, like the whole system, genuinely. Like, I was so ecstatic about this Greg Roman offense and what we were doing on defense the whole year. I genuinely convinced myself before this game, I was like, we can stop Derrick Henry. We've got the personnel to stop Derrick Henry, and we do have the personnel to stop Derrick Henry, but they just didn't play well. We got outplayed on both sides of the trenches, our D-line didn't consistent like they made a few big plays and Brandon Williams came up with that huge huge like eight yard loss on Derrick Henry at one point oh that was a but, lovely tackle that one mm, he's big a hit. big old boy and but now I, I see it next year we're probably losing Arthur Pierce um, so that's that's a massive hole on, on our D-line um, our O-line just got completely outplayed they I gotta give it to the Texans defense like their discipline in containing Lamar Jackson is something I, I, like, I've not seen out of any team. And I've watched every single Ravens game this year and I haven't Flex. seen that sort of discipline against anyone. They, they were genuinely up there with the 49ers and how well they defended Lamar Jackson. Obviously he, he ended up throwing for a load, a load of yards and it was that whole bend, but don't break system. Like, we would, we would get the ball pinned deep because Brett Kern's an amazing punter and we just have to get drive down the field. And often we got into these fourth down situations where we were just going for it because that's what we've done all year. We Fourth and one, we're going to go for that, obviously. But it actually, at one point we went for fourth and one in our 40 and it was just stupid. It was a stupid decision. Like, 
I don't understand mm. why um, you I give think away that I think that's a harsh criticism. I think if you've you stick with what's in got your... you there, fourth and one, going for that in your situation in your own half has been what got you this, to this point we... of the season. It's been why you've been such a special offense because Jim Harbaugh I know. John, does listen I know. to his analytics. I said you can't then have a go at it when it doesn't work out. But in your it own is a forty-two double-edged... touchdowns down in that situation, I like I get the analytics and and the whole thinking about statistically we're likely to get this, but. We're on our own 40. Think about the situation. You're down two touchdowns. Why are you giving up a potential third touchdown to someone who's been eating you alive all game in Derek Henry? Because I think that's the point. I, I think you get to that point. You're like, we can't stop him. We have to keep the ball. Okay. The one mm. thing I think, and sorry to sort of ramble on, I've got just a lot of shit to say about this game. But the one thing <laughs> I thought, the one thing I thought about this, and there's all that hype going, will the Ravens be rusty having three weeks away from their starting offense? And I do think genuinely our receivers at times did look a bit rusty in the sense that they dropped mm. the most passes a receiving core has dropped this fucking year. Well, do not <laughs> speak to me about that, Giuseppe. No, oh. but I know how you feel, Slu. It's so annoying to see Lettuce fucking hands. Hayden Hurst go over the middle, get the ball thrown into his face and not be prepared to turn around when he makes a break. Like, yeah, you, if you're making you a break, you it. need to turn around and look for the fucking football, Hayden. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get it all and out, there Joe. are so many sort of, you know, our defense just couldn't stop Derek Henry at the end of the day. I think he's been the MVP of the playoffs so far. And yeah, that's like, we knew what they were going to do. We knew Derek Henry was going to just continuously rush the ball. They're going to eat up clock and they're going to get ahead of us. But we just let them do it. Like, do you give a little bit of credit like... to Ryan Tannehill, who had another really good game? The boy. He the threw man. for less than 100 yards. He was consistent with it, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he the, threw the for two touchdowns. Deity. He threw for two touchdowns on play-action passes that were completely set up by Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, by far, is the MVP of this Titans team. He's he's everything to them. Like He's genuinely impossible to bring down. That play he had against Earl Thomas where he got, he's got stiff-armed <laughs> Earl like three the, times. The old double stiff Earl, Earl like, Thomas was asking him for away. that with what he he's, was saying. He's turning yeah. around he was, yeah. like trying to like get an angle on him and he just pushes him again. Like Get off me. Dude is a beast. I think Lamar Jackson did have a really good game though. Like He had 353 passing yards and 163 rushing yards in this game. Yeah. Totaling over 500 yards but he just failed to finish on a lot of these drives. Like I think that's Marcus arguably what the te- what the Titans did really well, though. They didn't let yeah. Lamar Jackson rush yeah. for a lot going forward. It, a lot of the time you see Lamar Jackson in this game go side to side a lot. Like The Titans were happy yeah. to let yeah. him run around in front of them and keep... And a few times they did get burnt running forward, though. Like You saw it when they're, when they're Mike, when he dropped back into coverage and then Mike would just rush instead of trying to spy Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson made a miss a few times and got mm. like 30-yard runs off it. That's where he gashed mm. him on, on, on the running plays. And I, I do think he played really well, but I think he got into that mindset. Like It's a bit like if you're the good kid, like you're the best player on a team and your team gets down. You're just like oh, I have to do everything now, and he the good kid. And at the, the to be fair, uh, we just lost our whole mentality. Like I'm sorry, I'm yeah. rambling, but I'm just the one thing is like I just want to say, Lamar Jackson should never have to have 57 pass attempts in a game. Like yeah, for your is, for your style of offense, and that is that's a failure before you get to that it's, point. It's like because Mark Ingram wasn't in, we were scared to give Gus Gus Edwards the ball, and I don't understand why. Yeah, he had Gus a few Edwards short games, he, but he he is a good running back, and he just needed to get more carries as a mm. running back and as someone who played running back. If you have if you had like a bad drive and they just take you out, like it doesn't make you. 
doesn't make you better. Or like we kept swapping him for Justice Hill and not running the ball and just having Justice Hill go for passing routes. And I just thought mm. Greg Roman would have had three weeks. Yeah, to paraphrase Andy Tate, it wasn't a Baltimore style of play. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Style and, of play. and Greg Roman had two weeks to think about the Titans, or, or potentially. I know he had other teams to account for, but he had, he had a few weeks to, with them on his radar. And mm. I was expecting more of our offense. I know we get behind early, but we can't just give up running the ball. Well, I think on the plus side Lamar of Jackson. that, though, is that you will have Greg Roman, you will have most of your pieces back next year. That yeah. last yeah. Cleveland Brown spot, I imagine you were absolutely shitting your pants about. Greg Roman going. Greg to. Roman leaving, yeah. yeah. Well, he, the, this is the other thing that's bullshit, I think. And I do genuinely think the head coaching um, carousel, as it were, there should be rules around it during the playoffs. Like, you can't just have a, a head coach that's going for five head, interviews. Was his head like, gone? But, was that why the, the performance wasn't but there? But imagine, like, you're preparing for a playoff game and fuck, you've got five test. interviews that week with different teams. That is a massive distraction. Like, you have to ace these interviews to potentially get a job and get paid loads of money. That is true. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, that that's the fact. And, like, I do genuinely think it played some role. I'm not going to say Tampering. it played the... That wasn't the contributing factor. We just... We we looked rusty. We didn't get adjusted early. Yeah. We, got, we got behind early, and that's when we lost against the Chiefs during the season, getting behind mm-hmm. early and having to chase. No, exactly. Well, it doesn't... And to be honest, to move this to the other games that we needed to Sorry. talk about. So it's similar to what happened in the Vikings game, though, as well, guys, because when the Vikings mm. fall behind, we've seen it in the past, they're not very good at chasing the game. They like to be able to rush it and then call these aggressive play-action shots when they've got the defense biting on the run. And once you bottle up the running game, it does, it slows down the rest of your attack. And so, yeah. I don't know. I think the Vikings are a lot to be disappointed about. It just seems typical at this point, almost similar to what's yeah. going on with the Texans in the AFC. That it's just like, yeah, you could, you can see them doing little bits and bobs that here and there. Maybe they'll make a run, but the Vikings are Super Bowl champions with this roster, with this but- team, the way they play. I just don't see it as much. I, I wouldn't say I would be disappointed if I was a Vikings fan because at the end of the day, we came in there and beat a, a team in the first round that a lot of people mm. thought were going to head head, like, be in the Super Bowl. Like, but that, does that not make it worse that you can go and do that and then you put that's what this I was sort of say, yeah. limp display where you just don't even look like you're competitive? Yeah, but it was against mm. it was against the number one seed. Like At the end of the day, they they showed that way, the same sort of... Mm. They giveth and taketh you know. away the Vikings. They they showed you what they can do against the Saints, and then less good this week. But they showed that against the Packers as well. The same sort of style of play, like they just fail to run the ball and then just get absolutely munched when they try and throw it. So get munched. Not good. Not good uh-huh. at all. I mean, yeah, yeah but I, I think as as you guys were saying, it, despite obviously the obvious disappointments with the Ravens and uh, well, I mean the Ravens in particular stand out to me as being obviously what we thought they they could potentially yeah. go all the way to the Super Bowl and they didn't quite happen. We are but who we thought they were. Yeah, I think... I they think... are who we thought they were. <laughs> so, pre-game, the biggest disappointment from what we've seen is the Ravens, but from the point that they were at in the game, then the Texans absolutely blew this one. Yeah, they mm-hmm. laid a big... You, you can't you can't give up a 24 to nothing lead. I think and, I think and, the Texans is definitely more heartbreaking for sure. Yeah. Hundred um, percent, but you know, oh, well, there's always next year. For well, the, the Seahawks Texans were there as well, the so well played, well the played Se- Seattle. <laughs> I don't, I don't really think. Yeah, any, but they, mm, no, they went, two, they went well, like 20, 20 something to three at half time, and then Russell Wilson does what Russell Wilson does, and yeah, magics his way back to a close game. That. No, that's what I mean. It's like he's not yeah. going to be able to get win every single game on the late comeback. So he, I think he just needs. Yeah. To, 
I, th- I, just, I feel like if you're a Seahawks fan, you you sort of thought this might be the ceiling for for this roster this year. Mm. I think they've got potential for next year to go maybe a little bit further, but I think this year this this felt sort of about about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, but that's what I mean. Like no one. That's what. That's why I would argue that the it's the Ravens just because we we were expected to go to the, a lot of people expect us to be in the Super Bowl and. We've ended up like this. And now and you're wait. just like the rest One of us, Joe. One and out. You were at least we you got there, hey, Slew. Hey, at least and we you got were found there. wanting. Indeed. Well, like I said, there's still reasons to be cheerful. And for the NFL teams that were looking for a head coach, there are potentially reasons to be cheerful as well. All the coaching vacancies are now filled with Kevin Stefanski being named the new Browns head coach. Um, Some interesting names on this list, fellas, for sure. Um, Is it weird that I'm a little bit underwhelmed about all of them? I was thinking that as well. When I say interesting names, what what I'm sort of saying is boring in a in a in a in a sort of more polite way. Matt Rule I think fun, there are a couple of, there are a couple of hirings on this list that I like, but there are a couple that I think are a little bit tame. There's a lot of safe hirings, I think. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's that's what it it sort of struck out to me when I was looking at the list. Yeah. Well I mean give, give so give me give me the hirings that you liked, first of all guys. I mean I quite like the Mike McCarthy hiring. Not not really? as an no, not Ooh. even as an Eagles I think that's a good hiring for the Cowboys. Really? Yeah, well, because I, I think he, I because I think he's a competent offensive mind, and that's maybe all is they need. Is he though? Yeah, he is. Or did he just have Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, with Aaron Rodgers, right. he he based or did he hold fair, Aaron Rodgers well, back from winning three no, Super because Bowls? Because the time he was in Green Bay, if you look at the free agency spending, they had nothing to work with at that point. And if you look at the spending in Green Bay now, it's a completely different roster. They actually went out and did something on defense. I think that is true to be fair. If you compare what he is compared to what Jason Garrett is, and if he can take advantage of the talent they do have in Dallas, which they do, they should have a very good roster. I, oh my god! What you don't think Dallas have a good roster? No, I just think what you said about Jason Garrett. Mike McCarthy is literally a fat Jason Garrett. That's why he got <laughs> hired because Jerry likes him. He's, he's a See, yes man. That's all he is. I. See, I, I sort of agree a little bit with Joe here. I feel like for years people have been really upset with Jason Garrett with his sort of ultra-conservative play calling. He's not a very exciting character. And then you get rid of him and Cowboys fans rejoice and you put in Mike McCarthy, who is, again, sort of known for the same sort of things, very sort of conservative with his play calling. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole heap of great press coming out about him after the Green Bay divorce. I know that no. happens with coaching with coaching divorces, but it still wasn't great. So I do sort of see where Joe Joe's coming from with this one. But it's an interesting point, Slew. You know, he's got a Super Bowl title as well. I thought you were going to make your point. Yeah. No, well, I that, mean, that. no. Oh, but one higher I do like, mm-hmm. Joe Judge. I like, like Joe Judge. Wow, okay. And I'll tell you why. Discuss. I mean, a lot of... It's, a the lot Joe, of, it's the Joe thing, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. That's mostly it, to be honest. But um, I, had, I have some other points as well. The main thing, obviously, being Joe. But um, <laughs> It's just underlined. If you look at Joe's notes, it's just Joe, a judge. And then Joe's just underlined <laughs> several times. What a cool name. <laughs> Great um, name. Yeah, but so a lot of questions were sort of asked, like, who is Joe Judge? Uh, um, and I so, think similar to genuinely... Yourself. When you heard Joe Judge got hired by the Giants, did you not Google Joe Judge to see where he used I to did. play? Uh, I have to admit, it's, I did. It's what yes. everyone did because no one knew who the fuck he was. And he's, you know, this ex uh, special teams coordinator and he, he 
he coordinated the uh, wide receivers as well for the Patriots last year. Not the mm-hmm. not the cleanest look for the receiving core I've ever seen. But uh, you got to admit their special teams were fucking amazing, and he he's been their special teams coordinator since 2015. I think a lot of the questions people had about him were kind of answered at his press conference, and I listened to the whole thing. And yeah, he's totally well spoken. Obviously, he's really good at an interview. You could tell that just from listening to him speak. But he seemed to be committed to that sort of Patriots process that a team like the with the Giants sort of level of talent, young talent, desperately needs. Like, the issue I, I have with that is I'm not saying it won't work because there's there's there is gonna be someone that comes out of that Patriots team that does then manage to take that ethos they have over there to somewhere else and replicate some sort of success. It's not gonna have the same success because we'll probably never <coughs> see Brian that Flores. again. <coughs> Brian Flores. Whatever. Carry on. But it, Brian Flores but, is exactly a on that, how how many of these have we seen that are these Patriots ex coaches and like, right, they know what they do in, in New England, but they're not because they're <laughs> not Bill, Bill Belichick. That is true. And it just looks like Belichick being this special teams coach when he was in New York. Does it look like they're trying to be a bit sentimental? We're like, oh, right. we missed out on something then. Let's just get the next one that comes along. Next best model. Joe Judge, though, you got to look at him, though. He was a Division three college coach. All right, Division three. No one gives a shit about Division three. He was an assist- assistant coach in Division three, and then he got hired by Alabama. Do you Roll like... Side. Does that not show strides towards he, how good he is yeah. as a coach? I don't think he's a he's bad got coach. something about him. I just for think sure. I just think people need to temper their expectations every time a new Patriots coach because it, it's always the yeah, same headlines. Sure. Or oh, this is for the sure. one that's the real Bill Belichick disciple. No, I agree. Yeah. But if, I'm just saying the group that he had to look after for for the five years he was four years he was coaching are the special teams for the Patriots, which have even those four years been amongst the best in the NFL. So you can tell he's a competent coach. He's just applying that knowledge. It's the same as, um, same as John Harbour. Like he's applying that special teams knowledge and just applying it to the game of football. And he's not necessarily there to be the play caller. He's no, there to I, install I, I, I do like the system. I do like that point that you shouldn't necessarily hire these head coaches just because they've had success as a play caller in the past. Cause that means you're also depending yeah. on someone else to, on the yeah. other side of the ball. Because if you hire this elite offensive mind, then you need a really good defensive coordinator and then they get hired away at some point. If you've got a really good defensive mind, you get it. That's what happens in like places like Minnesota. You need then an offensive mind to come in and then they leave because they've had five offensive coordinators in five years or something like that. Mm. Well, it's it's interesting that you mention uh, Minnesota as well there, Slew, with obviously the Kevin Stefanski hire. I Ooh. I really I really didn't like this one. I don't know no. if you guys agree or not. I I I thought this was a, a bit of a reach it by sucks. the Browns and seemed like a bad mix between what a team needs and what a team is getting. Um, for me, I feel like that Browns roster, the petulancy that we saw from it the whole of last season, the ill discipline, the constant sort of bad press, and and the bad. It seemed like a, a, a bad locker room at times. They it felt like you needed someone to come in there and galvanize the troops, get everyone flying under the same banner. And I don't see Kevin Stefanski being that presence. I like a, a Robert Sally or something there instead if they'd wait until um, when San Fran either get a Super Bowl or crash out next weekend to maybe go and pursue him as a potential sort of galvanizing head coaching presence. I don't see Stefan, Stefan, uh, Kevin Stefanski sorry, being that sort of galvanizing factor. And I wasn't yeah. overly impressed with the Vikings offense this year as well. What do you guys think? I, as much as you like the word galvanizing, I love Robert Sala. And I agree. Like he genuinely, 
I think Kevin Stefanski, this hire from the Browns, is such a Browns move. Like he got mm. hired for running Gary Kubiak's offense. Yeah, that's what yeah, That doesn't make any sense. Um, the Browns needed, like you said, someone who's going to install a level of discipline and a level of respect. I don't think that's Kevin Stefanski. I think it's it's Robert Sala, the guy who just destroyed Stefanski's offense last night. Yeah. What do you think, At Slew? the end of the day. I was going to say the exact same thing Joe did about Gary Kubiak, to be honest. if you, We may as well just try and hire him. I don't know. A lot of the noise coming out of uh, Minnesota is that he's a really good man manager. Maybe that is because he's been part of that franchise Mm. in 2006. So they clearly see something in him as a coach, not just as an offensive mind. So maybe he is the man to turn that around. And if you look at the pieces they do have on that offense, with the ground game in Chubb, you get a QB in Mayfield. If you can get him back to 2018, and then you Mm. can get Landry and OBJ rolling then you do have a similar sort of formula that he did have to work with with the Vikings. Yeah. In terms what of do you guys, uh, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to move on to the next thing, but have you got another thing to say? No, well, I, I was I'm just done. Say, I'm done. <laughs> Slew is done. I wanted to just point out quickly what my favourite hire was out of the six. And it's, it's Matt Rule, you edgy little fuck. I know, Ooh, I'm edgy bastard, edging, ed- edging like a mad fuck. And I'm going to go with another Matt here. I'm going to go with Matt Hewell for the Panthers. Oh, um, looks like we've both got a preference, don't we? Yeah, you love it. You got you got to roll with the name. I I just think that it was refreshing to see him getting this opportunity. I thought the way that he took over Baylor when they're in the in obviously in the midst of that sort of terrible. Why are you saying um, it like he's in? Why they're Baylor. in Lord of the Rings or something like that? Baylor, Baylor, <laughs> head coach of Baylor. Baylor. Um, yeah, I, I I thought that um you know changing the sort of culture around that team from the sort of three eleven to eleven three that he managed amid all that sort of whirl, whirlwind of distractions. I think he deserves a shot in the NFL, and I think that you know that Panthers offense and that Panthers roster in total, really, they've got some good pieces there to build around. They've obviously got Christian McCaffrey. I think that could be quite a good fit between a young head coach getting his first opportunity and a young roster that's really looking to turn a corner. Uh, the thing about Matt Rule, I do want to say though, is like, yeah, in three seasons he took a Baylor team that was one and eleven to eleven and three, amazing. But does that translate to success in the NFL? Because a lot of time, a lot of these college programs when you have this amazing success and then you move over to the NFL, we saw it with Nick Saban, for God's sake. Like, historically, this just, just hasn't That was partially be because the Dolphins didn't think that Drew Brees' was it elbow or shoulder? Either way, that shoulder. that would shoulder would heal. So I think he was on his way out from that moment. But I understand your point, Giuseppe. Yeah, but you can't just blame it all on Drew Brees. I will. Like, I, for for my entire life, I will blame everything on Drew Brees. Spoken okay. like a salty NFC fan. Excellent. Um, well, I mean, is there any other sort of major points around the coaching? Well, that I mean, you guys the, the one that we brilliant. haven't mentioned was Ron Rivera. I mean, if you look at, I, I was going like to say Ron. that if you look at what happened to the Panthers after they fired Rivera, just the utter capitulation. I don't think they won a game after they got rid of him, did they? I, I'm not sure they did. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the wheels well the and truly fell off. Him. The thing it's what I want to see with uh, Washington is what happens with Dwayne Haskins now that there's no one in that franchise that has an actual stake in him. Because when you're yeah. the GM that drafted someone in the first round, you've got you have to keep him around for at least three or four years, realistically. We'll look at Mariota mm-hmm. and the Titans. He was starting until this year. Now that Ron Rivera didn't draft Dwayne Haskins, Bruce Allen, who was the president of football operations or whatever smarmy title he had, he was the one. He's out now. So I, it is interesting to see what direction they go at quarterback this year, especially yeah. with so many of them on the open markets, including a Mr. Cameron Newton. Indeed. And I do feel a little bit sorry for Dwayne Haskins. That would Haskins be nice, here. wouldn't it? 
on on Ron Rivera. A little reunion of sorts, but I mean, it yeah. would be, it would be very harsh on Haskins with give, being given possibly the shortest leash of a rookie quarterback you've ever seen. If straight away everyone that was that wanted him in the building is gone, and he's sort of up against it from the word go. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, but, it, it could be cool to see uh, a, a possible Newton Rivera. Yeah, but if if Newton went back and then Dwayne Haskins was sitting behind Newton for like a few years, or potentially, we don't know how how. Likely uh, that injury is to aggravate if if uh, Cam goes down again and Dwayne Haskins has been sitting behind him. The a little issue while with that is that they are very different sorts of quarterbacks. I don't really because yeah, you I have know, to but tailor it. Like you you have to tailor it someone who is the MVP. No, I know, but the way that you formulate your offense is going to fit to the quarterback strengths. That's how the best teams but in the I, league do I it. I don't necessarily think that Cam Newton's going to come in and be mobile again. I, I honestly don't think. I think he's kind of um, then he's he done. A, then he's a, done. If that's the case, then he's done going to see you want you want to see a changed sort of game from him joe yeah but we saw out of every mobile qb in their their later years mike vick for god's sake like in his later years he wasn't a particularly a a running quarterback and he wasn't also uh, at that point particularly a starting quarterback as well Uh, sorry randall cunningham and uh dante cole pepper like when they got later on in their careers they just stopped running because and then they stopped being that upper level of quarterback at the same time if you have that aspect of your game and you're i yeah, I understand when course, you're hurt, you what you don't want to run as much. But, but that year, Mike Vick was like amazing for the Eagles. He wasn't running that much he when was. you look back at it compared to. But compare it to when he was at the Falcons, like, and he wasn't running for massive like eighty yard gains. No, but they did still mm. utilize it as part of the game. They had these designs, quarterback runs, and it was all fixed around that still. Haskins, I don't is not as mobile, not even close to being as mobile. It's more of a it, pass. Yeah, it's a completely different Cam's offense you'd have to have. Even if Cam isn't going to run as much, it's still going to be a part, a big part of the offense. Uh, I don't know, um, but I do like on the on note of the Redskins. I also like their defensive coordinator hire, Jack Del Rio. Been out of the game for a few years since he got sacked from the Raiders. That is but, true. Uh, mm. He was he's been a defensive coordinator on a lot of good defenses, including my Ravens. So, just saying. He knows what he's doing. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Okay, then. Well, uh, sorry, did you have sorry. something else to say, Joe? Hello. Turns out no, Joe Hello. doesn't have anything else to say. Oh, I thought some. I thought uh-huh. I thought you were about to say something. Else. <laughs> well, in that case, get fucked. Um, the next thing we'll talk about, then, lads, is obviously championship weekend coming up this Woo-woo. weekend. Some huge games. Um, let's let's start to, to welcome Slew back. Let's start with the NFC title game, Sam Fran well, against I'm playing Green Bay. Well, because you're you're the resident sort of NFC voice, Slew. That's <laughs> why, and and we missed you when you were gone. You're so, a little NFC dickhead, a little NFC child. So, Slew, yeah, NFC title game. Who takes it? The Niners, and it's not close. Ooh. Oh. Sorry, I should have added something to the question. Who takes it and explain why? Okay. Week six. What happened in week six, Matt? Well, I don't know where <laughs> I was got in week a six. Exactly. The 49ers, well, the Green Bay Packers, they went over to San Francisco and they got their doors Ooh. blown off 8-37. to 37. I don't mm. think the Packers Ooh. are much better now than they were at that point then. Especially and the 49ers now getting their key defensive playmakers back. D Ford's Damn. back, Quad Alexander's back, Jaquiski Tart, the safety's back, and those are Ooh. the those are the parts they've been missing on the run down the stretch of the season when they looked a little bit fallible. Oh mm-hmm. shit! I think the Packers 
best hope is that Jimmy G shits the bed. And Whoa. I don't think he will. I think the 49ers win this by at least two touchdowns. Wow. Damn. Well, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, Slew, to be fair. I think that that is, that is a fair point. San Fran looked by far the more dominant team in that early encounter. And obviously, they've looked pretty impressive down the stretch as well, getting these key pieces back. But, you know, it, it, it's a long time since we first since we've seen this first matchup. Joe, Anything is there... can happen in the NFL. Exactly. You know? Joe, Joe is there any hope for, the, for Green Bay? Is there any hope for Green um, Bay at all? No, no, there isn't. Uh, the, the right, well, that's the end of that then. D-line just wreaked absolute havoc against the Vikings. Um, crazy amount of sacks. And Nick Bosa is proving to show every week that he's the best defensive lineman in the NFL right now. Um, having Quan Alexander back it was a massive help to them. And it showed to be in, against the Vikings. Just on run defense, he's just really fast. And in, he's good in coverage as well. Um, Aaron Rodgers might struggle to su- succeed if he's just on his back the entire game, in my opinion. I don't think um, the, their O-line matches up to this D-line. Like We haven't seen a defense like this uh, just in terms of getting to the quarterback in, in a while, I, I feel. Um, mm. And maybe some quick developing plays to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones might be the key to the pack of success. But I, I, or maybe Jimmy G, like, like Slew mentioned, throwing one of those typical why the fuck are you throwing that Jimmy passes like he did to, uh, to Kendrick's uh, in yeah. the can you put that on a t-shirt Joe? game exactly just a, a picture of Jimmy G throwing the balls straight into yeah I mean you know, that old Nan's face or something what it is is <laughs> it's just hard to visualize any way that the Packers are better than this Niners team the only position I think true. they're better at is they've got Devontae Adams and they QB. got and they got Aaron Rodgers yeah. But apart yeah. from that, I think the 49ers are better coach. I think they're talented on both lines and yep. they'll have a better game plan going in and they'll have Their the home field game, advantage. I They've got the rushing game alone, like would just this. just trounce all over this team. Yeah. I, I don't think the, the the Packers defense is anything special. Well, especially after the 49ers, mm. they basically shut down Dalvin Cook, who Yeah. And and the thing is as well, like they outperformed a Vikings defense that's a lot better than this Packers defense in my opinion. Genuinely. So um, I think we're kind of all on the same page here, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I, I do think that San Fran win this. I don't think it, I'm I'm not sure I'd go down the slew route and say that it's going to be not even close. I'd think that it will be closer than people. Pe- I'll, sandwich, I'll sandwich bet you on double fingers. Oh, double Ooh. fingers. <laughs> double <laughs> fingers. And double fingers. <laughs> Is that what you, your slew double fingers, Lewis? Wow. Well, state, state, state the exact term slew. The 49ers will beat the Green Bay Packers by double figures. Do it by 14, at least. Yeah, I'll t- if, if you say by 14, I'll take it. If you say by double figures, then I'm going to I offered the bet double figures. You said it's not yeah, going to be close. You, you should, said it's going to be close. You should raise it to you were, 14. You were just about, saying it's going to be closer than Meet you think. Meet me in the middle at 12. Meet me at 12. You were just so. saying it'll be closer than I think. Yeah, but you're, you're trying to disagree with his or refute that point. So you should raise your how, bet. How close do you think it's going to be? I think it will be within, I want to say within, potentially within seven or eight points, I'm going to say. All right, I'll give you 12. Okay. I'll give you 12. He'll do 12. Okay. Okay. For the, I'll for the accept sake, that for the sake moderator. Of, yeah, for the sake of a fun sandwich, but I'll accept the 12. Ooh, nice. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, th- I think we all agree, guys, that it's going to be a San Fran win, I think. Um, for me, I mean, me and Joe sort of were watching the, the games, games this week, and I was just thinking how good of a run-blocking team San Francisco are. Yeah. And on the other side of the ball, Nick Bosa is already, for me... Amazing. Way- Already amazing, already way better than his brother. Whoa, he, 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 he's like yeah. he's like JJ Watt. Watching him it. is literally like JJ Watt uh, in his prime. Absolutely, yeah, genuinely. Like I, I'm looking at him and he does everything. He runs stuff, so he fucking comes off the edge and just I think grabs he, you with one hand. I'm not saying he's a, I'm not saying he's not an immense player. I think you need to watch a little bit more Joey Bosa before you make that comparison. I'd love to watch Joey Bosa slew, but he can't stay on the damn field. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying my hardest to watch Joey Bosa, but he's not <laughs> giving me anything to look at. Oh. <laughs> Nick Nick got flat out got laid upon last weekend and then just jumped up like the, like nothing happened. He got he laid upon. injured in college though. That was like one of the main concerns. That is true. <laughs> but, but was he yeah, actually he's... injured or could he just not be bothered anymore? My true. my arm stings a bit and I also want to stay healthy for the NFL and my paycheck. Oh, my NFL draft money's going to be loads. If exactly. I just but... sit this one out. Exactly. Oh no, I I feel ill coach. But no, I mean seriously, Nick Nick Bosa was immense. It sort of felt like he was doing something every play. Um, it was it's like an MVP. Sort of, yeah. Oh, wow. Defensive yeah. MVP. I could see that. I could see no, that. No, yeah, he should be defensive MVP, no doubt. Like, it's either him or Stefan Gilmore, but I genuinely think Nick Bosa had a bigger impact just because Stefan Gilmore had a few games where, you know, he would where he he got actually the absolutely Devon- mossed. The Devontae Parker game springs to mind instantly there. Yeah, I know. Um, but... Nick Bosa genuinely watching him. I'm I'm talking about MVP, like genuinely Whoa. MVP. There's no way he wins because MVP. I know. I I'm know not saying he, he shouldn't, did, but, but there's watching no way he him does. play, this watching a, him play, this is a Lamar fan. Do everything by the way. on every fucking game. No, I'm I'm saying when you're watching him, you're thinking that is like a the most valuable player on this team. Yeah, he's a dominant force for sure. But I mean, yeah, like I said, I think I think we all think that it's going to be a San Fran win. Let's yeah. scoot over to the fun AFC side of things. Ooh. Chiefs Titans. There's an overwhelming favourite for this game, um, and it's not Ryan Tannehill. I'll put it that way. Slew, is there any chance that the Titans sort of continue this upset saga and get it all the way to the Super Bowl? Or is I this going to be? I so want to say yes. Chiefs win. Yeah. I so want to say yes. You're an mm. Eagles fan. You should say yes. The plucky this underdog. Is like almost exactly what your whole scenario was a few years ago. A Ryan Tannehill win, Slew? Could you give me that? Uh, you know, the Dolphins are paying him more than the than the Titans are this year. Any way that this man finishes in the Super Bowl? Not an arrowhead. No. No. Really? No. I. <sighs> Come back Sad, to me. Come back it? to me. Come Ooh, back to you. Okay. All right. Well, we, we might be able to spill some heads. Okay, Joe. In that case, what do you think? I think Tennessee is going to win. <laughs> oh, wow. We've, and I'll well, tell you why. We've and lost I'll tell you the why. voice of reason here. All we? right. Derek Henry is that good. Genuinely. I mean, Derek it's Henry. It's a good he's, theorem. He's broke the record for most rushing yards in his first four playoff games. Absolutely smashed it by like 60 yards. He rushed for 195 yards last week against the third best defense in the league in the Ravens. The Tennessee style of offense is built to keep a person like Pat Mahomes off the field that is true. for long periods of time and to come in and play a bit cold and be like, ah, oh, he's not going to hit the rhythm that he hit in the in the Texans game when his receivers decided they, just, they like catching passes. Um, Mahomes and his receivers 
yeah, they're they're amazing. They got on a roll. Like after first quarter struggles, they showed their caliber, and that was proven by them breaking the bloody record for consecutive touchdown drives. But that's against the Texans defense, and I think mm. the Titans defense is talented Better. and disciplined, and we saw that in the. Mm against the number one offense in the league in the Ravens. Much they better shut on us the back down. end as well. They shut us down. They didn't allow touchdowns. And if you limit touchdowns against the Chiefs and you run the ball with Derrick Henry, you're going to win the game at the end of the day. And it's not like they don't know that they're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry, but I don't think they've got the talent that the ball, like we had at run defense and they absolutely smashed us. He had 195 yards. Mm. So... He's going to run riot around the Chiefs. He's the, he's the MVP yeah. of the preseason, mate, of the of not preseason bloody playoffs. But genuinely, and I think I think their punter and trust me I'm mentioning this, their punter Brett Kern always puts you. them within the 20-yard line and makes you run down the get down the field. He did it to Brady, he did it to Lamar, gets him inside the 20. Why was Brady punt returning? No, I'm saying he kicks punts. He's the Titans punter the field always puts field position the game. field position is terrible on all our drives that's how we got so many yards and Mahomes will have to consistently drive down the field completely to win the game and I don't think even if he drives down the field and gets fucking 500 yards passing I don't think he's going to get in the end zone enough times against that mm. red zone defense that was amazing against us and we had the we literally didn't miss I think it was 18 consecutive red zone attempts to get a fucking touchdown at one point you know what Joe that was such an impassioned argument you've convinced me the Titans are going to love it when this happens for everything that Joe just said for the fact that they've already beaten the Chiefs this year for the fact they're going to be the most surprising Super Bowl team in years and then they're going to go to the Niners they're the most fun they are because they're not doing anything the league's doing everyone's going pass happy pass happy they're going no we've got this big fucker running back and you try and tackle him We've, we've got this huge To be fair, bloke. Joe, when the Patriots were doing that last year, just running the ball, you called them boring. Whoa. Yeah, but that I was different. Like, I watched of... Derrick Henry run, and I'm like, everyone's a child who's trying to attack It me. is mental. It's, it's fucking mad. Yeah. It's like the big kid in school that grew up before all the others. It's, 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 <laughs> it's just a way to talk about you again, Joe. Here he is. Jo- and Joe is a surprising 15-year-old Joe Costanza. Now, genuinely, um, but I think the it, the game comes down to can the Chiefs defense stop Derrick Henry? I don't think Agreed. they can, and I'm done doubting the Titans. They're going to go to Miami, and they might win. Fuck it, Tannehill in his old house to take the to take. I, I don't know if I, I actually. I don't know if I've got them against the 49ers. That's a tough run defense to go against. But yeah, I've got them I against mean, the Chiefs. Exactly. That's for another week. And plus, um, would it I'm, not I'm, just be Andy the most Andy Reid thing in the world for the? Thing just the field just to open up in front of him. The Ravens have gone down. The Patriots have gone down, and then yeah. he gets beaten by the Titans. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be amazing. That, it would be entertaining for sure. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm almost a little bit disappointed that I've got to be the one that doesn't do the fun uh, I was really banking on both of you to be sensible. You are not backing your boy Ryan Tannehill, and it, re- it honestly really Back hurts. Your boys, you know, that, man. I've got to be the the voice of reason and and sensibility and pick the Chiefs in this in this matchup which means You're I am not. obviously going against Tannehill the dynasty you destroyer traitor it feels you like absolute traitor etu brute I you know it no feels heart. it feels wrong it feels wrong but and I think you've made some really good points and to be honest the Chiefs scared me with that first Tannehill murdered the Patriots dynasty for this 
I know. Nah. He, he this did is this is how you treat him for our sins. Um, but but yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, the the Chiefs really worried me with that first quarter against the Texans. It worried me that that they had to be down by twenty one points to sort of wake up and 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 get into the great into the game. But I'm, I th- I mean, Mahomes was out of this world. Plain yeah. and simple, he was it, it it was it was Mahomes of last season. It was outrageous passes, but, outrageous sort of. Also, it, he was definitely in front of the line for that touchdown. But, but that's Not but that's but, no. that's mm. my argument is that he's against the Texans secondary. Like, but, we, it, but we've seen him do that against better secondaries than the than the Texans. And I'm, I think not, we've seen I'm not saying he's not going to have a good game. I'm just saying you can't expect him to score on seven consecutive drives against the Titans. It's not. Gonna I don't happen. think he'll need to as much though. Yeah, he won't need I'm, to score I'm, as many points. I mean. No, because it's not going to be as is. It's not going to be that fast-paced game. That Derek Henry's going to slow it down and make him feel uncomfortable. That's why I don't think he's going to. I I just. I don't know. Like I hate. It seems like I'm cuckoo, but I'm just done doubting them. I doubted them against the Patriots. I doubted them against the Ravens. I'm done. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, and I completely respect that. You guys, you guys go with the, the Titans. I'm still leaning towards the Chiefs. I, I remember still... the Titans. We, we certainly will, but I, like I said, I still think that the Chiefs have possibly got too much firepower for this one. So I'm going to go Chiefs. You two go Titans. Um, and you know, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be. Probably Titans versus San Fran in the Super Bowl, according to nice. us here at the dropback. Our playoff record has not been good, though. It's it, yeah, really I mean, been it's, terrible. It's, it's probably going to be like green. It's been a wacky one, to be fair. It has been. This it's has been a, been a, been a mad ride. playoffs. Yeah, I like, snuck a late one so in on So many unexpected day. results. It's It's been a ride, gents. It's been a ride. Well, that is all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Do not forget to follow us on our social medias at the dropback on Instagram and Twitter and at the dropback UK on Facebook to keep up to date with our news, our articles, our podcasts. Um, all that's left to say is thanks so much for, for listening to us. And dropback.com. And obviously the dropback.com. Well, I remember Joe. That's why you were the host last two weeks. Um, but, you know, thanks so and much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you to Joe Costanzo. Thanks, lads. Thank you to Samuel Lewis. Cheers, Matt. Good job. Nice and one. we will see you all next week. Take care.